2 Chronicles chapter 20. Begin in verse number 1. Just keep your Bibles open. I'm just going to go through this, just about the entire chapter, verse by verse, and see what it is. Uh, chapter 20 of 2 Chronicles, verse 1. It came to pass after this also that the children of Moab and the children of Ammon and them the other beside the Ammonites came against Jehoshaphat to battle. Then came, then there came some of some that told Jehoshaphat, saying, They cometh in a great multitude against thee from beyond the sea and from this side of Syria. And behold, they uh, they were in Hezon, Torah, and Egim. And Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. And Judah gathered themselves together and asked and helped the Lord, help of the Lord, and even out. Out of all the cities of Judah, they came to seek the Lord. Let us pray. Father, we just thank you tonight. Lord, help us, Lord. We just ask you to touch hearts, touch minds, and lift us up and encourage us. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. The last word in verse number one is what? Battle. Can I tell you that's where we're living at today? At this moment, we're living in the battle. We're in a spiritual warfare. There's so much chaos, confusion going on. But can I say, everything you see, there is much more going on that you cannot see. And as sure as there's a physical thing going on, there is a spiritual thing going on. And what I believe, because there's so much spiritual conflict, and the battle is so hot at this moment, that it's almost over. Uh, the battle always gets the hottest before the end, and I believe Satan knows that his time is limited, his time is short, and he's stirring up as much confusion and trouble as he possibly can. And I'm glad that I belong to the captain of the host of salvation, and I'm on the winning side. Notice how it began, and this chapter began, and it came to pass after this also. Jehoshaphat, in the previous chapter, he he got the scare of his life. He thought he was going to die. And God showed mercy. And how many of you can stand and say, God has shown me mercy? So Jehoshaphat rededicated himself to the Lord. He renewed his covenant with God. Things are going well. In the very next chapter you see in 20, the enemy shows back up. We talked about it this morning, how the enemy is always there. Let me tell you something about the enemy. Everything that God ordains, Satan opposes. And anytime you take a step forward, to, you better prepare yourself. The devil is going to fight you every step you go. In verse 2, what we have here is Jehoshaphat's uh, version of a 24-hour news clip that news cycle. The situation was bad enough and now you have a whole lot of people saying hey king do you know really know how bad it is? How many are you on a sick of bad news? I am tired of turning on the TV and hearing nothing but bad news. Let me give you a suggestion. Turn off your TV and pick up the word of God because don't expect men to give you good news. Only Jesus can do that. And, and for the record, just because they're conservative views does not mean they'll 
politically on your side or Christian people. So Jehoshaphat gets, these, gets this bad news and in verse number 3 it says, And Jehoshaphat feared. There's a lot of fear in the world today. People are worried and concerned. Uh, you can tell a lot about a man, what he does in the midst of a battle. You can tell a lot about a man, what he does when he hears bad news. You can tell a lot about a man, what he does when he gets afraid. A carnal man will wring his hands, complain, whine, and gripe, and, and all these things. He, he talks like he's got the answers to everything, but he doesn't have an answer. Let me tell you what the spiritual man does. He said, then Jehoshaphat feared, and he set himself to seek the Lord and proclaim it fast throughout all of Judah. And Judah gathered themselves together and asked help of the Lord. Even out of the cities of Judah, they came to seek the Lord. Jehoshaphat seek the Lord. And then Judah, the whole nation of Judah came. They seek the Lord. The great thing that God, people can do at this moment in time and history that we live in, we can seek the Lord. In the crisis that we're living in, in the moment of this conflict, we can seek the Lord. And the greatest thing that a Christian can ever do is seek the Lord. There is a difference between searching and seeking. Searching means that you're always looking for an answer. You're trying to figure it out. I say, I don't have to search. I know who has the answers. A whole lot of people searching today. There are not enough people seeking today. And those that seek the Lord are the ones that will have victory in their life. In the midst of the battle that we fight, I didn't have to say after the battle, but in the midst of the battle. So I'm preaching on this thought, praying your way through. So right, right above that column, right above chapter 20, just write those words, praying your way through. There are moments in your life when you cannot see your way through. There's moments you cannot feel your way through. There's moments you cannot uh, find your way through or plan your way through. There are times you cannot even uh, uh, buy your way through. You cannot think your way through. So what do you do next? Let me tell you what the people of God should do. You should always pray. Pray through. And when you learn how to pray and pray through, you'll find that God will always come through. No matter how desperate times or how weak you may be, God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all things that we ask or think according to His riches and the power that worketh in us. And God said, Call upon me and I'll answer thee and I'll show you great and mighty things which thou knowest not. He's still at work in the world today and in our lives today. And at this present moment, God's people must believe that you cannot force your way through, but you can faith your way through. Jehoshaphat discovered the real meaning of victory in this chapter. 
And at the end of the chapter, you don't learn more about Jehoshaphat. You don't learn more about Judah, but you learn more about God at the end of this chapter. Because it's never about man, it's not about me, it's not about you, but it's what God can do and God alone can do. There are some things that I want you to see here, and if you're going to pray your way through, you must do these things. You must first set your priority. You must have a priority. Look at, look at this verses here. He said, it seems, it, it seems to me that if you know that you're coming against the army, army is coming against you, in verse number 2, and the first thing you would do is you get your army together. It seems to me that if you, they're told that if your uh, battles get ready to, uh, to go uh, happen, you would, you would check your arsenal, make sure your weapons are all in working order, and you get things right. You'll make sure that you're ready to go to battle. Your weapons are ready. But that's not what Jehoshaphat does. Because his priority is not physical, the priority is not material, and his priority is not financial, his priority is not political. The priority is always spiritual for a child of God. Jehoshaphat did the one thing that every one of us must do in the time of battle that we fight. He made a beeline straight to the throne of God and got a hold of God. He went straight to the one person that had the answers that he knew he could do something about him. I want to say to you that my hope is not in man. My hope is in the Lord. My hope is not in the government. My hope is in Jesus Christ. The priority of God's people should be seeking the Lord while he still may be found, calling for him and drawing near to him that he may draw near to you. His priority, he's got it right. He's not worried about the battle. He's not worried about things. About he's going to the one place that you and I should always go through in the midst of a battle is straight to the throne room of God. Can I say that it did not start with Judah. It started with one man, Jehoshaphat. People saying we need a national revival. What we need in this country is a personal revival. God can send a national revival. But it always starts with some individual sick and tired of themselves and serious about seeking God. That's what Jehoshaphat did. This was his great priority. He, he seeked first the kingdom of God and this righteousness and all these things was added unto him. Jehoshaphat did not seek something. He sought the Lord. You know we're not commanded to pray for revival in the scriptures. You don't have to ask or beg God to do something that God already wants to do. All God says, hey, you get ready. You just got to get yourself close enough to God so God can have the liberty to do what he wants to do in your life. We're commanded to seek the face of God. And when you get the face of God and you get the hand of God and you draw near to God, you get everything that God has for you. He seeked the Lord and he proclaimed, proclaimed a fast throughout Judah, Judah, Judah. Not only was he seeking God, he separated himself from everything around him that might distract him from 
from getting to God. When I say fast, what do you immediately go to? Food. Well, if I'm going to fast, I have to give up that table, I have to get up that food, I can't have that food. Let me tell you what fasting is. Fasting is to starve the flesh so that you can feed the Spirit of God. We do better in feeding our flesh than we do the feeding of a spirit. Until we get to the point of being desperate and understanding that God is only one that can break through our situation, break through our troubles, and then we'll lay aside all the lesser things and seek the greater things of God. When you fast, you'll not separate yourself from evil because God's people already should have done been separated from evil. But when you fast, you're laying, th- laying things down that are good and seeking things that are better. So Jehoshaphat prayed and he got his priority right. He was seeking God. We need some more people of God today that get hungry and thirsty and after righteousness again and come to God and say, Oh, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering and made conformable to his death. This is his priority, getting back to God. That should be our priority, getting back to God. Not only had a priority, but he had, he was, you've got to get specific with God. In verse 4, and Judah gathered themselves together to ask help of the Lord. You know why we don't get specific answers from God? Because we don't pray for specifically for some things. We, we pray, Lord, bless them all. Bless them. Today, when you start putting a name to somebody and asking God to touch her, touch him, lift him up, and, and save them by name, uh, that's when you get serious with God. you got to start praying specifically for some things. Uh, we got this general prayer, hey, Lord, uh, help everybody, lift them all up. we got to be specific when we pray. And what they said here, there, there are two words they prayed, Lord, help, help us, Lord. Wouldn't that be just a great prayer? Help me, O Lord. The psalmist prayed, help, Lord, for the godly man ceaseth. We've got to be specific when we pray. Peter was walking on the water, and he was doing good until he saw the circumstances around and the waves come flashing over. And when he said, Lord, save me, he got specific. He was, he was Lord, save me. How many of you glad that God is a prayer God that will answer prayers. He simply said these two words, Lord help. Could it be simple, that simple? Lord help? Yes. And listen to his prayer in verse 5 and 6. And Jehoshaphat stood in the congregation of Judah and, and Jerusalem in the house of the Lord before the new court and said, O Lord. So what's his first word of his prayer? Oh, oh, 
Some will say that is a more of a groan than a word, and you're right. Uh, oh, is a heartfelt word is, a, is when you don't know what to say, and you can't have something to say in your heart. You just said, oh, God. Maybe we need some more Christians to say, oh, Lord. We've got enough Christians pray, praying that polished prayer. And we're wondering what about it thinks about what we say and how we say it. We're, we're worried about uh, people, what they think about us. Let me tell you, you ought to start worrying about what God thinks about you when you pray. And he said, oh, oh, Lord. Don't be concerned about what people think about your prayer. When you get to the point that you don't know what to say and you don't know how to say it, God will say it for you. He said, oh, Lord, God of our fathers, art not thou God in heaven and rulest not over all the kingdoms of the heavens, heathens, and thy hand is thy not power and might so that none is able to withstand thee? Art not thou our God who didst drive out the inhabitants of the land before the people Israel and gave us into the seed of Abraham thy father forever? And they dwell therein and have built their, their sanctuary therein for thy name's sake. He asked four questions of God in this prayer. But I want you to notice about this about his prayer. He reminds himself and God who God is. You just don't strut yourself into the throne room of God. You don't just lackey days or walk up in the presence of a holy God. You don't prance up into the throne of God. You don't go in there and declare your own goodness in the throne of God. Thinking that you deserve something when you don't deserve anything. We're nothing but simple sinners. And if it's anything goodness in us, it's from Jesus. It's not from ourselves. We've gotten so consumed with men today that we've forgotten who God is. We've allowed our problems to become so big in our mind and our God becomes so small in our minds. We need to get back to the God that is greater than all things. Because well, He is a very present help in a time of trouble. If we trust the Lord in the past, why can't we trust Him today? So He remembers God. He said in verse 9, if when evil come upon us as a sword, judgment, and pestilence, a famine, we stand before this house and say thy pestilence, for thy name is in, in this house. I love that parenthesis. For thy name is in this house. And cry unto thee, thee in our afflictions, then thou wilt hear and help us. This is what God said when the temple was first built, constructed. Jehoshaphat went back to the one thing that he knew for sure. There is a whole lot of things I don't know. I don't know what Wall Street's going to be like. I don't know what our government's going to be like. I don't know how the future holds, but I do know the one thing that God holds the future. I don't even know what the mob's going to do out in the streets. But I know for sure there is a God in heaven and His Word and His character never changes.
You don't have to know a whole lot. But go back to what you do know. There ever been a time and a generation that are believers that need to spend time in the Bible. It is the generation that we look, have it right here and now. This is the generation. Look, if you're going to go to get uh, prayer and get your way through and pray your way through, you need to get back to the Word of God and the Word will lead you to prayer. If you get your priorities right and get back with God, it's going to look. Look at verse 10. And now behold, the children of Ammon and Moab and the Mount Seir, whom thou wouldest not let Israel invade, when they came out of the land of Egypt, but they turned from them and destroyed them not. Behold, I say, how they renewed us, reward us, and come to the cast out their possessions which thou hast given us, and inherit, O God, O our God, will thou not judge them? He gets his eyes off himself and off of God, but he gets his eyes back on God and himself. Maybe it would be good for you and I if we stop talking about everybody else around us. Start, stop looking at everybody around us and get, start getting right with God ourselves. And look at his confession. For we have no might against this great company that come against us. Neither that know we what to do, but in our eyes are upon thee. He confesses his weakness. He has no might. He confesses his ignorance. Uh, neither know what we do, but he confesses his dependence. Our eyes are upon thee. Listen, it's okay to be weak as long as you remember God is strong. Is there any weak Christians here today? I am. And when you're younger, you had all the energy to do everything you wanted to do. You could run. Just have, I mean, you just had everything. You knew all the answers and everything was there. But as old as you get, you get the wind knocked out of you. You don't get up as quite as quick. Now you realize, hey, I don't have the answers. I don't know everything. But I know who I can go to and get the answers. I know who I can run to and find that help. In Jonah in chapter 1, you find Jonah in chapter 1, he's on the ship in that storm, and what they tell him says, pray, Jonah. The Bible says Jonah could not pray. In chapter 2 of Jonah, you find him at the bottom of the sea. What do you find Jonah doing? He's praying. He's praying. So what's the difference between chapter 1 and chapter 2? In fact, actually chapter 1, Jonah was full of himself. He didn't have to pray. But in chapter 2, Jonah was empty of self. Hey, when you're at the bottom of the ocean, you ain't got no way to look. No, you're going to pray. God's going to get you to a place that you're going to bring you to your knees. And, and let me tell you what, the more difficult in life is, the more you want to seek God and praise God. He found himself praying God at the bottom of the sea. You know, the difficulty is not getting the answer to pray from prayers. The difficulty is getting ourselves in the position to pray. Amen. We find ourselves uh, too busy. We're full of self. Just like Jonah, we're full of self. And we find, we find that we got a certain number of words that we want to say in our prayer. 
Let me just say this. If God gets you to the point where you just got to cry out and say, Oh, Lord. And if it's the only two words you said, and if it comes from the heart and deep down inside of you, Oh, God. If that's all you can get out, God understands you. It's those polished prayers. He had to get himself a priority. He had to get himself in prayer. But look at his posture in verse 13. And all of Judah stood before the Lord with their eye, with little, with their little ones, their wives, and their children. How many still believe the scriptures are given by the inspiration of God? Amen. And all of Judah stood. And why did they stand? Because the master gets to sit and calls the shots. The servants stands. And all eyes is on the master. You know what he just prayed? All eyes are upon thee. Lord, we don't know what to do. We're, we're weak. But we're looking at you. And we just want you to know we're standing here ready. To do whatever you say to do, or wherever you say to go. We're ready to obey whatever you tell us to do. They're standing and waiting for the master to speak. Back in verse number 9, if when evil cometh upon us as a sword, judgment, and pestilence. That's what we've been living through. All this stuff been living. I told him this morning. Uh, that uh, pestilence is an old English word for disease. And the root word for that, that we get that word from, the meaning of that word is he speaks. He speaks. What is God trying to speak to us during this pandemic? What is he trying to say to us? He doesn't want us to scatter. He doesn't want us to worry. He doesn't want us to be afraid. But he says you need to get back to the place to, hey, get back to prayer. Get your priorities right. Get your posture right. And I'll speak to you. And all Judah stood. There's reverence. They stood before the Lord. They were not standing in the presence of Jehoshaphat. And he was the king. But they were standing in the presence of the one that was higher. And one that ruled over the affairs of me, you, and everything else. He's the king of kings, lord of lords. They are standing in his presence. There was reverence toward God of the universe. And here they say there is oneness with their little ones, their wives, their children. Family needs to pray more together. We do things together. We travel together. We, we go to meals together. We need to spend more time talking to God together. Sitting around the table having a prayer time at the altar. And the children need to be taught that there's a time to pray and there's a God to get a hold of. Think about it. God put us in this house. He, he, and he didn't let us out for a couple of months. He's trying to speak to us. I, I love the church. 
I love the altar. But can I remind you that the word of God is also about your house and your family. And the greatest altar that you can find that you can get to daily is in your house. We've lost the altars in homes. We don't have altars in any homes anymore. Uh, we just wait till we come to church. And let me just say this. You need to be able to get a hold of God in a time of need at your home, at your altar, in your silent place. They observed God's power in verse 14. Then came the Spirit of the Lord in the midst of the congregation. The Spirit of the Lord moved upon them. It came in the midst of the congregation. You don't, don't you love when God steps in in the middle of all your confusion? Steps in in the middle of all your dealings and things that's going on in your life. We say we can't wait to get back to normal. It dawned on me. Not only does God want us to get through this, but he wants us to come out on the other side a changed person. And I believe that's what he wants us to be, a changed person. The Lord wants you to do what us to do. Verse 17, we shall not need to fight this battle. Set yourself and stand still and see the salvation of the Lord with you. When the Spirit moves, verse 15, when the Spirit moves, and he said, Hearken to the all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem, and thou, King Jehoshaphat, thus saith the Lord unto you, Be not afraid nor dismayed by reasons of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours. The battle is not ours. This that we're facing today is not our battle. And then he said, You should not need to fight this battle. The Spirit of God moves, the Word of God moves, and the hand of God starts working. These people declared their dependence on God, and we need to declare our dependence on God in this day. God did what only God can do, and God can do it again. He's not standing around and says, I don't know what to do. God is just waiting to us to get to the position that God can use us and we get empty of self. We, we really need to stop coming to see what man can do. We need to see what God can do. You can live and die and go to church all your life, heard every sermon in your life, uh, know the Bible inside and out, but if you don't know the power of God, you missed everything. You missed it all. If you miss it all, you miss the power of God, you will not get through to the other side. So how do we get through this? By praying. We pray our way through. Because prayer is what ushers us into the presence of God. And how all this ends in verse 18. And Jehoshaphat bowed his head. With his face to the ground. What a good place to be. In the reverence of God. And all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem fell before the Lord, worshiping the Lord. When you come out, you know where you're going to be. 
when we get through all this that we're facing, all that we're going through, we're going to still be in his presence. Is it more, is it possible we're more concerned with our relief than the glory of God? Is it possible we got so consumed with our convenience than giving glory to God for our lives at this moment? If you see from verse 1 to verse 18 how God is reacting, interacting with Jehoshaphat, how Jehoshaphat cries out to God and then God, God tells him, hey, you don't need to go to battle. I, I've got this. Don't worry about it. They have, they have not fought the battle yet. They haven't even went to battle yet. Jehoshaphat hasn't said, hey, let me go check my armies. Let me shake. I got to He hasn't done that. He went to God first. If you and I can say, Lord, I'm coming to you first. I, I see what I'm facing. I see what's ahead of me. I've got the bad news. I don't care what is going on, but I'm just going to come to the throne and I'm going to get right with you. Uh, I'm going to get my prayer on and I'm going to get a hold of you. And Lord, I'm just going to wait for you to give me the answer. I'm not looking for anybody else. I'm just waiting on you, God, to give me the answer. And you know what? God's going to tell you the same thing. Hey, the battle's not yours. It's mine. And let me just say this. The battle's not ours today. It's still God's battle. We just got to let him have it. I'm tired of fighting. I'm tired. Lord, here it is. It's, it's your battle. I'm just going to stand and watch you. God will give you the victory. God will show you the victory. God will show you the power. God will show you that he's still a God on the throne and he knows what's going on. Until you get to the place, and that's all God wants to see is you when you get empty of self, then you get close to him. So God's, you know, when you get empty of self, God says, now I got you. I got you right where I want you at. You're empty of self. I can deal with you. As long as we got self in our way, we'll, God will never be able to deal with us. But get empty of yourself and let God deal with you. And God will show you. How are, you going, how are we going to get through all this? You know what? I'm just going to pray. I'm just going to pray. Don't ask me, are you worried about this? No, I'm not worried. I told you the definition of worry the other night. I'm not going to worry. God didn't get me in that. That is not my area of operation, what's happening in this world. My area of operation is right here. Right here. How are you going to get through it? I'm going to pray my way through it. I'm just going to keep on praying. I want to be just like Jehoshaphat. I want to pray my way through all my circumstances. And you and I, we could do that if we start getting hold of God. Let me suggest, let me just encourage you at home to have your prayer altar at home. Get your family around that altar and start praying and watch what God can do in your life. Especially what God can do in these young people's lives. If God tarries, they're the future, and we got to make sure they understand and they know how to get a hold of God and pray.